Welcome to How to Eat Less Water, the podcast for anyone who's concerned about the state of our environment and wants to live more sustainably, but is short on either time, money, ideas, or all three. I'm your host, Florencia Ramirez, author of the award-winning book, Eat Less Water, and a kitchen activist. Every Monday and Wednesday, I share bite-sized action steps anyone can implement in their kitchen. Why the kitchen? The average person eats between 500 to 1,300 gallons of virtual water every day. Our food is the best place to turn our hope for a better environment into action. Want to receive 10 tips to eat less water for your summer parties? Go to eatlesswater.com to download the free list. Now, let's dig in and grow well-being together. Hi, welcome to the How to Eat Less Water podcast. I am Florencia Ramirez and your host. Before I get started with today's episode, I want to tell you about an opportunity to cook with me. You and I can meet virtually in my kitchen and we'll have a pizza party. Really, when it comes down to eating less water, it begins with a meal. Join me so I can show you what I do in my kitchen. There's more information about this opportunity in the show notes. Today's episode, I'm going to talk about coffee. I was asked to talk about coffee by one of the listeners of the podcast, which reminds me to tell you, please, if you have any questions that you want me to answer, just send me an email at info at eatlesswater.com. Coffee is such an important ingredient to discuss because for many of us, it's something that is part of our daily routine. I know at my house, it is a morning ritual. And how often do we really think about what's served in our cups, in our mugs, right? My husband, since I've met him, has had coffee as part of his routine. And I don't mean going out and purchasing coffee. That has never been part of his routine. But he has taught me how to purchase beans, not ground, but whole beans because they're tastier when you grind it fresh every morning, which is exactly what he does. And he'll count out the exact amount of coffee beans into the grinder. When we were first married 25 years ago, he would add an additional two beans and with each additional child, he's added one additional bean. So we have five extra beans in our coffee grinder every morning. And I guess when we have grandchildren, he'll begin adding more beans. I'm not quite sure. But the ritual is a sweet way to begin the day. And not only that, but then our house smells like a coffee house every morning. Even in the times I didn't drink coffee, because for many years I didn't drink coffee, I was always a tea drinker. I would still love to inhale that smell of coffee brewing. It's such a wonderful way to begin 
a day. So what are those beans that you look for, that I look for, to add to that grinder that then gets added to the coffee pot every morning? Because one cup of coffee, just think about this, one cup of coffee, the water footprint is 34 gallons of water. One pound of roasted coffee beans equals 2,270 gallons of water. Coffee needs high elevation, a temperate climate, and upwards of 60 inches of rain to flourish. The state of Hawaii is the only place in the United States that meets all of those requirements, which is why when I wrote about coffee and water in my book, Eat Less Water, I found myself on the mountain or the dormant volcano of the Mauna Kea and met with Hillary and Eric, who are the owners of the Hawaiian Cloud Forest Coffee Farm. They were a phenomenal introduction on coffee growing, coffee roasting, but also to be stewards of the forest. Because coffee is an understory tree, just like the cacao bean. Like I talked about this in last week's episode around how do you buy the best, best chocolate. Scientists and farmers realized if they removed the coffee tree out from under the shade, the yield would increase. But when coffee is grown as it's intended, which means under the shade of another tree, it produces fewer cherries or coffee cherries, but each is bigger. The fruit is bigger. It's lusher. It's tastier. And the tree is better positioned to naturally defend itself against pests. And really, is that any different than us? You know, when we're in alignment, when we're in places that feel good and are right to us, we're better able to defend ourselves from any negativity coming our way. The thing is that most coffee, like cacao, is grown in the full sun because the grower wants the higher yields, but the environment has paid the price with the clearing of forests and the loss of biodiversity. Water resources like lakes and rivers and streams have also paid the price. Because coffee is the third most heavily sprayed crop in the world behind cotton and corn. So organic coffee is better for water. Because when we use chemicals, they don't just disappear. Those chemicals end up in soil and eventually wash into our water systems around the world. The spraying is expected to intensify with warmer global temperatures. Because as it turns out, when the coffee tree is out from under the shade, it becomes more susceptible to the boar beetle, which is the coffee cherry's biggest pest. Researchers of the beetle in Colombian coffee fields, the largest producer of coffee behind Brazil, found that for every 1.8 degree Fahrenheit increase in temperature, the borer beetle became 8.5% more infectious on average. And additionally, they found that warmer temperatures caused females to lay more eggs 
and burrow deeper into the coffee cherry. So I guess you're getting higher yields of not just coffee beans, but also of boar beetle eggs. The chemical of choice to fight against this beetle on conventional coffee lands happens to be some of the most toxic to birds and fish when leached into water and has been linked to birth defects. These chemicals that they use to kill beetles in sun-grown coffee are so toxic that they're restricted for use in the United States. But remember, most of the coffee grown for worldwide consumption is not coming from the United States, where these harmful chemicals are restricted but are grown in regions of the world where these chemicals are widely used. And it would be safe to say that many of us are pouring these chemicals into our cup every morning. Unless your coffee is the best for water. So let me get into the action tips of the things that you can do starting with your next coffee purchase to start to grow well-being for not just yourself, but also for the forests around the world. So how can we brew the best cup of coffee? It's simple. It really is simple. It is you and I, when we go to the grocery store or to seek out our roasters for our coffee, we ask for organic. We look for shade-grown coffee and for the fair-traded coffee when it's, when it's grown outside of the United States, which most coffee, is, again, is coming to us from someplace else in the world. Remember, a great cup of coffee begins with the beans. So look for organic, hand-picked, shade-grown coffee. Research the farm practices to be sure farmers didn't replace original forests with non-native shade-grown trees. When I went to visit the Hawaiian Cloud Forest Farm, Hillary and Eric, on their 80 acres of coffee, have planted over 4,000 trees of koa a tree indigenous to the Hawaiian islands. I mean, that is, that is outstanding. So when I purchase coffee from them, I know that I'm directly supporting the reforestation of the Hawaiian islands. And how do you find this out? You don't need to travel far to find out if your coffee is participating in reforestation because all you simply have to do is look online, look on their websites. If they are doing these types of practices, you better believe that they're going to market that they're doing these practices. If you go to the About Us or About Our Coffee and there's no mention around shade trees, then they're not doing it because they're going to make sure that they tell us whether or not the, the coffee that you're serving each morning is supporting the reforestation of our forest. And why is that important to think about our forests and why we should be partnering 
with farmers and food producers who are actively looking to reforest regions around the world. It's because tropical forests act like above-ground lakes. They're critical to watersheds. They pull moisture from our passing clouds. So the multi-layer tropical forest of tall canopies, that secondary tree, the shrubs, the fern, the layers, that ground-hugging moss, and the leaf litter are responsible for capturing water by as much as 30% above the annual rainfall. So today, more than half of the tropical forests have been destroyed worldwide. Two-thirds of the original Hawaiian forest have vanished. So our food and our food choices directly impact those forests. So when I purchase, in fact, after I finish um, recording this podcast, I am going to go right onto the website. It's been a while since I have ordered directly from this particular company, the Hawaiian Cloud Forest Coffee Farm on the Mauna Kea. I can tell you firsthand, this particular coffee not only is incredibly outstanding, but the practices from start to finish, everything is intentional, done with integrity, and from the heart to be part of the solution to leave a legacy of koa trees behind. Many of us don't buy coffee beans and don't want to go through the process of grinding, but rather just reach for that K-cup. Let's talk about the K-cup first for a second. The number of mostly non-recyclable single K-cups sold in one year can wrap around the Earth's equator more than 12 times. Think about that. In just one year, the trash from the K-cups sold can wrap around the equator more than 12 times. So we think when we're spending more for organic coffee that we are paying more than if we were to, say, buy the K-cup or to go out and buy it from a coffee shop like, say, a Starbucks, for example. But depending on how you brew it, you can get anywhere between 50 to 100 cups per pound of coffee. So if you spend, say, let's, let's go on the high end. If you were to spend $30 a pound on coffee plus the flat rate shipping, if you were to, say, purchase it from someone like the Cloud Forest Coffee If you were to spend that money, you're brewing 60 cups at about 60 cents a cup. The average K-cup is 75 cents a cup. So I think a lot of times we tend to think, oh, I would really like to support that farm or what they're doing is just phenomenal. Those farmers are just doing such great work or how fantastic that they're growing 4,000 koa, but that's just too expensive for me. You know, let's just stop and reflect on that and do some just simple number crunching for ourselves. 
and start to reflect, well, how much money am I really spending on coffee right now? If I'm using the K-cup or if I am going out and purchasing coffee from that Starbucks or from whatever is your favorite place to get coffee, and then start to figure out how much money that is versus how many cups you would get out of one pound of coffee that is supporting the reforestation of critical forests that is not polluting rivers and streams and really building biodiversity around the world. If it's good for a river, it's good for our bodies. If it's good for a forest, it's good for our bodies. I mean, it's, it's this direct reflection of what is good for us and what's good for this planet. It just keeps coming back around to that. And for me, it's important to remind myself of that because it helps me to understand why I pay a little more for the ingredients that I bring home into my kitchen, that I pour into that cup. And what a great way to begin the day with a cup of coffee That is growing forests, growing well-being on this planet. So I'm going to end it there. Thank you for joining me again. And remember, I'm here every Monday and Wednesday. If you have friends who you know would really appreciate the tips I'm sharing here, please send it along. Remember, there is power in the collective. Be well. Let's stay connected. Sign up for my newsletter and receive more tips in your inbox weekly and 15% off your first purchase at the Eat Less Water Shop. You can also find me on your favorite social media space at Eat Less Water. Please remember to hit subscribe and leave a review, even if it's only the star rating because every one of them will increase the chances of other like-minded folks to find us. Thank you for joining me on this journey to eat less water. Together, we will write the story of well-being for this planet we have the privilege to call home. Meet you back here every Monday and Wednesday. There is power in the collective. 